no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. We are a Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we will break down the Bears' Week 5 victory over the Tampa Bay Bucks and much more. Hey, Dub, what's going on, man? Hey, man, everything is good, man. How about you, Fred? Dude, Club Dub reopened today, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Man, well, we beat them. 2019 victory over those Tampa Bay Bucks and your boy Tom Brady, the GOAT. Man. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I am, man, I am pumped about this one, man. I mean, I was listening all week, man, all these different, um, you know, these analysts and these experts, they were all counting us out, man. I mean, I was looking across the board. Every person was predicting that the Bucks will win. I mean, I even saw people in our own fan base, A-Dub, counting out the Bears. I saw similar, you know, and um, with that, they all got a rude awakening today. <laughs> yes, they did. Well, here, man, I'm about to crack open my victory, bro. Oh, man. Audience, that sounds delicious, and it tastes even better. Yes, sir. That's that Prohibition Pills from Ken's Lager, man. Delicious. That's one of my favorite kinds there, man. But- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, dude, A-Dub, let's get into this victory real quick, man. So, you know, this game, it was ugly. But you know what? A W is a W. Yes, it is. And we will take it. We'll take it however we can get it. Four and one, Bear Nation. Looking at this game, right? So, you know, we had Deion Bush that was out. He injured his hamstring in that in that Colts game. And I thought that that was a key injury for us because we, we, we've talked about this all season with the fact that Danny Trevathan being a liability in coverage. And I was concerned when I saw that Deion Bush was able, able to play today. And we also had um, Sheridan McManus, who also missed time with a hamstring injury, but he's been out for a couple weeks with that injury. But I thought that Deion Bush being out, I thought potentially that was something that we were going to struggle with today. But, you know, we were able to pull out that uh, the victory. One thing that I wanted to touch on before we get into the nuts and bolts of this episode is in our last episode, we talked about some of our keys uh, to beating the Bucks, And it was a couple areas that I wanted to just quickly remind our audience. So we talked about the fact that we needed to put pressure on Brady because Brady in his career, he's known for like to sit in that pocket, look through his progressions. And if he gets comfortable in that pocket, he'll pick you apart, right? A-Dub, you saw in this game that there were certain parts of the game where Brady was able to do that. However, when the Bears turned up that pass rush on him, what happened? He couldn't get nothing going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and the thing about it is we started hitting him, and then once we started doing that, the ball started coming out even faster, even quicker. We saw a lot of balls on the ground. Yes, sir, and you're right. That's when we started seeing all those incomplete passes coming from Brady, and that's what we wanted. That's what we said we had to do, and you're spot on. 
that was one of the keys to victory. The other thing, and it didn't happen this in this game, but we, we talked about establishing the running game. And we see again today, we were unable to run the game and run the ball. And in our preview portion of the last episode, we talked about the fact of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, that front seven is the strong suit for that team. And we saw how Dominican Sue and Vita Vey, those guys were tearing up that, that old line for us today. And David Montgomery had no rushing lanes at all. Yeah, it was tough, man. I think that's one of the things I've stated about our run game is that we got a good running back, but we can't get any you know open holes for him to run through. And these guys are stuffing and bringing eight men up or so um, to stop the run. It's going to be very, a very tough night for Montgomery from a, from a rushing standpoint. Yep, exactly. And the, the other area that we talked about uh, last week, it was the secondary. And we talked about the fact that the secondary had to win, A-Dub. And so in this matchup, we saw that Chris Godwin was out of the ball game. We saw that Mike Evans also was a little hobbled out there. I will say this. Our secondary in the first half was a little shaky. But in the second half of this ball game, we saw that secondary turn things up. And we really saw how they took control of that game. And they won that matchup. Absolutely. And the other guy that you're missing that they were missing as well is uh, they were missing two more key, key weapons. That was uh, O.J. Howard. He was out for the year. Yep. yep. The Achilles injury. They were also missing um, Scotty Miller. I think Scotty Miller is this feaster who catches a lot of those uh, long passes, those big plays for them. So missing some of their key weapons definitely hurt them today. Just one quick thing, and I've talked about this for the last couple of weeks. Uh, are we going to see Riley Ridley on the active roster at all uh, this season, Ada? I informed you before that the Bears have decided to go ahead and move forward with Mooney. And that means, hey, we got Miller, we have um, A-Rob, of course, and then Mooney's kind of like pitching in. And then also Graham is being utilized a little bit more um, these past couple of weeks. So what that means is less time for guys like him, unfortunately. And I think probably, too, with the Tariq Cohen injury and the fact that we need Ted Ginn uh, active to be the punt returner, I right. think that's also something else that's probably going against Riley Ridley as well. Exactly. With that, you see Patterson spend a little bit more time in the backfield as well. So you see all these things all kind of come together that way because of Cohen's injured. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. So, A-Dub, man, looking at this Week 5 matchup, man, what went well for you in regards to this game plan? One went well for me in this game plan was that I saw that Nagy actually made a change. He called out some very good plays. I understand we didn't have a lot of running plays because they were getting stuffed, but he called out some nice passing plays. Matter of fact, we had a play where we saw Nick Foles miss some good open, open guys, uh, but I was really impressed with Nagy play calling in that first half, that I will say. I'm still a little up and down with the play calling. Um, for me, um, I thought his play calling in that first half was a little frustrating. I still think that there were times that we could have probably stuck with the running game a little bit more. However, to your point, um, we know that we weren't getting those holes there, but I still right. think that there's still, there were still times that we could have maybe taken some cracks at the running game a little bit more. We still see that Nick Foles threw the ball 40 times a day. Last yes. episode I mentioned, I don't think that that's a long-term uh, success for us if we have him throwing the ball 40 times a game. Oh, no, it's um, not a long-term success. It's definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. For me, what I thought went well, A-Dub, and you can push back on me, I like what uh, Chuck Pagano did on defense. Uh, he made some really good adjustments there in that second half. Uh, we saw that that pass rush was uh, basically making a lot of uh, – they were making it really tough for Brady today. Also, we saw some blitzes and things like that coming. So you saw some situations there where Pagano switched it up on Brady and he knew that we had to get that ball out of his hands quickly. So for me – I really loved what I saw from that defense. They really turned up the heat on uh, on Tom Brady today. 
yes, I like that too. That was one of the ones, one of my keys to the game, to the victory, right, that we talked about earlier. Um, but yeah, with Mac really having a good game, um, putting some heat out there, um, other guys getting the chance to take a crack at a Brady as well, I thought that was good because that changed the game. That changed the scope for them. We actually took a lot of that momentum and just ran with it. No, yeah, we sure did. And, and we needed that because if oftentimes it's happened with this team, we see that the, that the defense has to overcompensate for the offense. And we saw again today how the defense kept us in the game long enough for the offense to be able to do enough to get us, uh, get us this victory. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to, to kind of throw at your way is in regards to what did you think went well in the game or game plan? Um, the one thing I think did not go well, and it kind of goes back to our running plays, right? At times, as you can see, our uh, offensive line kind of broke down. And uh, with that, they got some pretty good hits off of um, Foles and caused a loss of yards on that. Matter of fact, it was a play where Foles got hit that led to a fumble, and we recovered it, though. But the thing is, we can't really have those type of plays happening because what it does is um, puts us in a tough spot to where now we have having three and, three and long and that's not a good idea to have Foles throwing the ball third and 18, third and 12, you know, third and 14, whatever that may be. And that's going to cause a lot of issues for us. No, I definitely agree with that. Um, the one thing, too, because that's a really good point, that offensive line from a pass protection standpoint, they need to be able to give Nick Foles time to make some plays downfield or at least try to. And we right. saw that there were numerous times in this game today where he had to get rid of the ball quickly because he had pressure and Nick Foles got hit a ton today. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He's going to be sore tonight. He's really, he really is. <laughs> <laughs> but and I, but I'll just say this. Um, you know, they're going to have to really uh, reevaluate. We have some time. They can basically get in there in that film study, and and hopefully they can make some adjustments down that offensive line. We also saw where James Daniels went out of the game with the pec injury, and Alex Bars came in and replaced him. Right, and the first that play, was ugly. Yeah, well, yeah, that first play, you saw what happened, right, A-Dub? Yes, I did. <laughs> Vita Vey reminded him, like, hey, man, I'm, I'm a pro bowler over here. <laughs> yes, I did. That was rough, man. That was hard, man. That was a tough one. But I, I'll tell you one thing. You know, last week we were talking, and, you know, I, I had my my opinions that I made about 072. And, you know, you brought up a good point in the fact of, you know, well, who's going to come in if he's not out there, right? And I thought about right. that, right, because – Bars is like a swing tackle and a guard kind of guy. And you saw when he came in the game and did, I'm like, well, that's why they keep trotting 72 out there. <laughs> hey, look, that's why we, this is what we do know. This is what we found out, right? We found out we don't have any depth when it comes down to our offensive line. And so no. that was pretty much obvious after um, Daniels went down. We brought in, like you said, brought in Barnes, and things kind of went sour. Yeah, uh, Alex Bars. I, I, Bars, man, sorry. I, yeah, no, you're good, but I'll say this, man. I'm a – I'm a diehard Notre Dame fan, but Alex, on that play, man, you didn't do that Irish uh, legacy, any sort of uh, goodwill there. So hopefully he uh, <laughs> hopefully he watches uh, some of his technique this week and improve upon that because, yeah, he made, he made him look pretty bad on that one. <laughs> right. I think he got beat. <laughs> exactly. I think he got beat twice, actually, right back to back. And I was like, wow, man, welcome to the game. <laughs> bad yeah. timing, but, you know, this is what we're going to go with right now. Exactly. Um, the other thing, too, I'm just wondering about this injury to J Daniels is, is this going to be, you know, an injury that he can come back from, uh, you know, by the time we play again in week six? Or are we thinking this could be a multiple week injury? It was kind of vague on the reporting on that one. Yeah, it was, because the thing is, we really didn't know why he, why he went out. We just know he was going back to the locker room or whatever to get checked out. But 
to hear a lot about what really happened with him. So uh, we'll hear more about what what's the injury is, what the report is saying. Hopefully it's not severe. Yeah, man, I hope so, too. Uh, another area that I wanted to bounce off of you real quick and it, when it comes to something that didn't really go well, and this is a position that we're going to probably be talking about a lot this season, is the linebacker position. Oh, I thought, man. <laughs> I thought that they were exposed again today, A-Dub. Uh, we saw that Danny Trevathan was a step slow in coverage. We saw that Tom Brady was picking on him, went after him time and time again. And listen, I have nothing but respect for Danny Trevathan and what he brings as far as leadership and those intangibles in the locker room. But I feel like we might be getting close to basically seeing if this guy needs to maybe get replaced in the lineup. What, what do you think there? Uh, we've been picking on Trevathan all season, right? Yeah. Um, and with that, I've been concerned about him. I said I was concerned about that linebackers coming to the season. And with that, I'm still concerned about him right now. Here we are week, what, five, and he's still making the same mistakes. He's one or two steps slower on passing plays. He's one step slower on run plays and get beat. And you saw him missing tackles out there as well. But it's just too much going on with them from that standpoint that's hurting us because, that you know what? Part of the run stoppers should be your linebackers, right? They should be a big part of that. And with him, it's been a very, a very tough season for him. And I think um, coaching staff may, may have realized that as well, but we may have to look at a replacement, not this season, but at some point in the near future. Well, I don't know, man. If this keeps up, man, I don't know. They may have to make something happen because this team has an opportunity. I mean, we're 4-1. You know, we have an opportunity, man, to go into the playoffs and make some noise. And I just don't feel confident uh, going into a playoff game where basically he's a known liability at coverage. Also, to your point, Roquan Smith. So he had his best game as a pro last week. Right. And he, followed, and he followed it up today's game where I thought Roquan wasn't wrapping up. There were two opportunities where he had opportunities to make plays on Ronald Jones for no gain in the hole, and he right. bounced off of him. And I'm like, yep. come on, Roquan. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And then when he and um, on the play that um, – Jones got free. It was he and um, Jalen Johnson on that play where they he broke a tackle on both of those guys. And I was like, man, we can't have this, have us missing these tackles here. We need these. Matter of fact, we're one of the best teams when it comes to tackling. And uh, today, just won our day in the first half. I'm just going to say this. Wrap up, fellas. Please, wrap up. We should not be bouncing off of guys like that. Ronald Jones was basically, I mean, he ran through us. Uh, I mean, he went over 100 yards today. Yes, you know? he and, did. And we can't have that um, because I will say this. Brady, he was solid out there, but he didn't do anything exceptional. And when D Ronald Jones was hitting us with those gas chunk plays, and not, that was hurting us today in this game. Absolutely. When we put a little pressure on Brady, you know, they kind of slip in a little run play here and there. And um, they bounced it out pretty well. But Ronald Jones did make a difference today uh, as he was getting those yards. They were pretty much hurting us and um, picking up those first downs. Of course, that wore your defense down. That eats the chain up, you know, where we're now – they getting all these plays going on, and they can wear your defense down. So I'm glad we're able to try to put a stop to it, but it was a hard job for us today for him. Absolutely. So, man, let's get into uh, some of the good vibes, man. So what was your here comes the, the boom moment? What was your key play in the game for you, A-Dub? Oh, man. I know you're ready for this. Let's go. <laughs> My big play was from Fuller, that big pop. Welcome to Chicago, hits. All pro, Kyle Fuller. All pro, Kyle Fuller. All pro. That was an all pro hit that caused the fumble. That kept our momentum after a 10-play drive, right, that we scored a touchdown with Monty uh, Montgomery. And what that did with him doing that play there, that kept our momentum. And some good things happened. So I would say 
here comes the boom play. Fuller, you get it. I like that one, man. I, I, the only thing I'm going to add to that one, because that, that was perfect, man. That was – you played Madden, right, A-Dub? Yes, sir. <laughs> that was that hit stick, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, he got baptized on that one, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, the thing that I was going to say, though, I want to give two people props in addition to Kyle Fuller on that play. Go ahead. I want to give props to Mario Edwards. Okay. In, that, in the first half of the game, Mario Edwards had some strong plays in the pass rush, and he was putting some pressure on Brady. And on that play in particular, Mario Edwards had a really good bull rush, and he forced Brady to get the ball out quick, right? Right. So then uh, when Kyle Fuller made that hit, guess who picked up the ball? Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn picked it up, yes. Right. So think about that play. So I was, I was looking at this play while it was going on, right? So I saw that bull rush by Edwards. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about it, okay, Quinn had the pass rush on that play. So not only did he do his job as the pass rush, but then he still, while the ball was laying on the ground, he had enough awareness to go pick the ball up and recover it. While Tyshawn Gibson was being a fake referee out there flagging and saying that the ball was incomplete. <laughs> Gibson, we pick up balls around here, son. What are we yes, doing, sir. Bro? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you know what? You're right about that. Um, salute to Quinn on that play. But I want to also piggyback on one thing before that play happened. I think on second, was it first or second down, where Matt actually took the ball, right? He hit that ball down. When Brady tried to throw it, he hit it. That means that's a down over, right? The new down coming up now. And with that, that set up that play that you're talking about there to where um, Fuller made that big pop. So we'll take it. Yep. But I would just say this. I remember the Lovey Smith days um, and with the way that defense played, Anytime a ball hit the ground, those guys were picking the ball up, running it to the end zone. It didn't right. matter. And we need to get that mindset back here because Robert Quinn was coached by Rod Marinelli in Dallas. Rod Marinelli coached under Lovey Smith. So it's that type of playmaking type of, uh, you know, attitude that basically Robert Quinn had on that play. And that's something that I want to make sure that our listeners really look at with that play. Kyle Fuller, that was a hell of a play. Hell it of really a play. Was. Yes, sir. It was. But, but Robert Quinn had enough awareness in that moment to pick the ball up and make sure that we basically got possession of that football. So thank you very much, Robert Quinn. I know fans have been tough on you because you haven't shown up really too much on film. But in that moment, brother, you showed out. Thank we'll you, sir. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll we, take it. We will. I will say this, man. You know, a key moment that I had in addition to that one that you brought up, I'm going to say that Foles passed to Montgomery on the left sideline that set up the game winner. Yes. I thought that was a key moment because you saw that uh, Todd Bowles started dialing up the blitz and they were teeing off on Foles, right? So Foles read that, and on that play, Montgomery slipped, uh, slipped out of the backfield. Two things that I want to basically talk about on this play. A, Foles' awareness to basically recognize the blitz and be able to get that ball out to Montgomery, but also Allen Robinson having the awareness on that play to not make contact with the defender, because if he would have, that would have been an offensive pass interference and that play would have been basically wiped out. So those two things that I wanted to touch on, but I thought that was a key moment for me. Oh yeah. That was a big key moment because that kept the drive going. I believe that was on second and 11 at that. Um, It brought the pressure and it was made a very good pass on that. But you know what? I want to give some kudos to in regards to this. In, in the end of the game, I have to give Santos some credit. I understand he may not be our, you know, player of the game or whatever it may be. He may not be the boom of the game, 
But I want to give Santos some credit here because uh, to make that kind of a field goal with the game on the line, which is a tough one, I got to credit that. Because guess what? At this point, I'm like, Panero who? <laughs> so well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, going into week six, we got a kicker conference a controversy in this town now. Because I'll tell, I'll tell you this. I don't know what's going on with Eddie Pinheiro, this growing injury that they haven't talked about. You know, I thought he would have came back, you know, week four. We still haven't heard anything. Yet and still, you got Santos that's now hitting game-winning field goals. So, I don't know, man. We'll see what happens with that situation. Absolutely. Are there any other moments in this game uh, that kind of, like, stood out to you at all? Yeah, I would say one moment that stood out to me was that catch um, by um, Graham. That was a one-hand grab, man. Yes, sir. Uh I'll take that. I really will. You know, uh, I know that uh, Foles is working on him probably a couple plays on that drive there, and uh, we finally got one to connect. And, wow, what a one-hand grab. (laughs) I'll take it. Yeah, you know, one thing that I was going to say, because that was a hell of a catch, by the way, hell of a catch. Um, Yes, it was. And that was a guy that, you know, a lot of people in this town uh, didn't understand why we signed. But now that was his fourth touchdown catch on the season. So Jimmy Graham is quietly, you know, making some plays out there. So, Jimmy, keep it up, brother. Keep it up. One thing that kind of annoyed me with the game and almost just the competitor in me was when the, the Bucks went for it on fourth and one in their, on their own 20-yard line. Right. I, I thought that was the most disrespectful shit ever, bro. I'm like, really? You guys don't respect our offense enough that you're going to go for it because you're like, well, guess what? Even if we get stopped, that we they, that offense probably can't even score on us. <laughs> it was respectful, but, you know, in Brady's time and playing with um, – in his history, they've always tried to, you know, do those things, even with New England, right, the Patriots. He've always forced the coaching staff to go for it. I guess this time frame around, he was able to force – maybe force that team to go for it, the, the Buccaneers, to go for it on fourth and one. They made it. I thought we had a good chance of stopping them, but, you know, it happens sometimes. But, yeah, it was disrespectful. I'll take it at that. Yeah, it definitely was. A-Dub, when you look at this matchup, man, who was your underperforming player today? Underperforming player? Yes, sir. Let's see here. There's a couple guys I did look at, and I don't want to be, you know, nitpicking the whole thing. But I will go back to looking at Trevathan because I thought he really uh, hurt us badly at times. It's just some reason about him. He just can't get it right, man. And um, I know we've been picking him the past couple weeks. But, yeah, if he can't stop run plays effectively, he can't stop. He's definitely, he's definitely not that good in the, passing, in the passing game. He's becoming a liability. And when you become a liability, you know, you have, we have to look up elsewhere for someone else to replace him. So um, not sure what's going to happen down the road. We're 4-1. and one. Hopefully he can get better. But definitely he's on our radar. Yeah, and it's tough, man, with Danny because – you know, when you look at it, you're like, man, Danny, you mean so much to this team and, and the players and things of that nature. But, hey, this is a results-oriented business, and you got to get it done. Um, I, I will say this, though. Danny did flash a few on a few running plays in the game, mm-hmm. but, man, he was trash in coverage today, bro. Right. <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I'm like, man, he looked like he was about 40 years old, man, chasing after running backs and tight ends. I'm like, he made Gronk who looked, Gronk looked like he was hurt most of the time. And I'm like, why are you chasing behind Gronk, bro? Right, exactly. And Gronk's what? Gronk is on his way to retirement pretty much. Shit, um, well, he already retired once. He's out there dancing with the stars and doing all that nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> man. But, uh, but no, man, I, I would just say this, uh, Danny, we're not trying to pick on you, man. We love you. We want you to be better, man, because 
we don't want to see you get benched, man, but you keep playing like this and it's going to happen. You're going to be over there with Mitch. Right. He got to step his game up, man. And I hope we do so when we're um, down the road. So we probably we might need him. I don't know. But the thing is, if he stepped his game up and plays to his potential, he could be big for us. I agree. I'm going to go with uh, the same guy that I went with last week. Fucking Charles Chuck Leno. <laughs> Lazy ass turnstile. <laughs> look, look, these two guys we're going to get tired of talking about on this podcast. Leno and Trevathan. Those two guys have probably been talked about with opportunities probably the past few weeks or so. I know we're going to probably get tired of keep mentioning their names, but again, another one of those games. Yep. And Leno, I'm tired of picking on you, man. But guess what? You know what else I'm tired of? I'm tired of seeing the back of your jersey when you get beat and you got to pick our quarterback up off the ground because your fat ass can't fucking block. That's what else <laughs> I'm tired about. <laughs> yeah, it's happening, man. It's continuing. We're continuously seeing where the weakest link at on our offensive line. He's really stand out, very much stand out. And matter of fact, I think the Buccaneers knew that, and that's why they picked on him. They send they were sending some they were sending some guys at him, man. <laughs> <laughs> they sure were. <laughs> and, so. uh, but it, but also too, Shaq Barrett on them speed rushes in the fourth quarter. Right. Leno had no chance, bro. I mean, how many times in that fourth quarter, Nick Foles just basically just throwing that shit up, bro? Yeah, he had no chance, and um, I felt bad for Foles, you know, in that way. But I know Foles want to get rid of the ball sometimes quickly. But I knew there were sometimes we were trying to wait for our plays to open up. But Foles didn't have the time because. Guys like Leno couldn't hold their man. And once you can't hold your man, the play you got to agree with the pass sooner or it's a, as a quarterback, you got to go down. You definitely got to go down. Um, one thing that when I look back at this game, A-Dub, is, it's just really interesting. So the first like kind of like quarter of this game, I was kind of like wondering like, man, where is this thing going? The offense kind of came out flat again. The play calling, in my opinion, I thought could have been better. I just thought like, what is Nagy doing, right? For 28 minutes in that first half, dude, we looked like fucking ass out there, right? Yeah. But Kyle Fuller did what he did, and we made enough plays on offense, and we were actually up one at the half. And I'm like, how the hell are we winning this ball game, right? Right. But then Nagy, true to form, we had the momentum going into half. We get the ball back in the third quarter, and what do we do in that opening drive when we basically get the ball back? Hey, Dub. Come out passing the ball and couldn't make nothing happen. Three and out. Three and out. Yes. So to your point, he called three consecutive pass plays. And in that situation, I understand. We all saw it. David Montgomery averaged 2.9 yards per carry today. We know what was going on out there. But come on. You, you could have given that ball to on the outside sweep to Cordell Patterson. Like, like we mentioned on our last episode, if we know that the strength of this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is the middle, right? They have that tough defensive line. You have David, those linebacker, that linebacker court with him and White. Those guys are fast, and they get things done. But you got a guy like Cordell Patterson. Let him get the ball in space and make something happen. Absolutely. I just think we got to get a little bit more creative with the running game. You know, not, let's not just always run the ball up the middle. I want to stop seeing them running the ball out of the fucking shotgun. Can we get an eye formation back there and run the damn ball? Get somebody back there. And, and another thing, A-Dub, I'm going to go on a little mini rant. I do not want to see Ryan Nall on the field for the rest of this season. Oh, man. He has no, re- he has no businessman out there at all. At all. At all. You get, you get a false start, son, as a running back? Really? 
The game was too big for them. <laughs> yeah. Where'd they do that at, man? They don't even do that at Pee Wee football. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't ready, man. He was not ready for that game. And um, we could have just kept him on the bench, really. And they need to. Uh, get Pierce up. You know, let's see what that kid got. Because, no, every time I ain't seen him, I ain't seen anything. So guess what? He's true to his day because I ain't seen nothing, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the other thing with this, um, the third quarter. Another third quarter where we don't score. I'm not sure what's being discussed at halftime when we go into the locker room, but we keep coming out in this third quarter flat again. So we cannot continue to have these third quarters where we're not scoring any points or getting any good drives until probably near the end of the quarter. Now we want to put something together, at least try to. But at the end of the day, Zero points in the third quarter. You brought that up on the last episode. That's a really good point. And I think that also just speaks to coming out of that locker room, you know, whatever the, the game plan is coming out, we're just not executing. Uh, maybe the guys need a little bit more time to wake up. I don't know what it is, but this team has to learn how to play a complete game because to this season, to this point in the season, to me, this is our best victory. However, we still haven't played a full four quarters yet. We have not. We have not. Still got some errors of opportunity for sure. And I think Nagy may have spoke on that um, in his post-game interview. Still got some opportunities. We still got to work on some things to clean up. Absolutely. So, man, let's get into a little uh, more of the positive stuff, fans. We wanted to make sure that we drill deep on some of these areas because this team is far from perfect. Now, we know we're 4-1 and 4-1 for the first time since 2012. So that's very exciting. But we also want to make sure on this podcast that we give you guys the real. So we want to just make sure that you guys realize we got a lot of holes on this team and we really need to, we need, we really need to make sure that we're tying up a lot of these loose ends. Hey, Dub, talk to us about who you give your offensive game ball to for today. Uh, my offensive game ball is going to go to Nick Foles because okay. uh, he didn't have a great you know, uh, first half, didn't even have a great, great game. But the thing is, he stuck with it. He was poised. He made some big plays that we needed at times, you know, like the one you mentioned to uh, Montgomery. He stuck with it. He made some big plays as well. I think he started to turn it up a little bit when he made that 10-play drive that led to uh, Montgomery running the, you know, getting a three-yard touchdown. So I like that. He threw that nice pass to uh, Graham. He stuck with that. So I think from the standpoint, he started off pretty dry. But I will say, you know, when he started to warm up, he got hot. I mean, he got hot. So uh, I, I will take that. Second half, I know we had some mishaps, whatever, with them on some things, some plays. Uh, but overall, I will say he hung in there, man, and I got to give it to him. I uh, cannot even argue with you on that one. Um, he rallied and had a really strong second quarter, made plays when they counted, right, A Doug? Yes, he did. And I'll tell you one thing that throw that he made to Cordell Patterson uh, in that first half, that was a nice play call, and that was a great fucking route. Absolutely. And that's it's a similar route that uh, Montgomery ran. So uh, yep. I'll definitely take that. But he was. Well, he was 30 for 42, mm -hmm. um, 243 yards, one TD, one interception that, you know, I can't really blame him fully on that interception there again because um, A-Rob kicked it up, whatever. That was a place you want to throw the ball out on a back shoulder pass like that. Anyhow, when the defense playing that tight, that's what you're supposed to do, really. Uh, I've seen Peyton Manning and also Brady make that same type pass a million and one times. So I really can't fault him too much on that play. Yeah, I mean, and you're, and you're right, man. I mean, he, he rebounded because let's just say we did leave some points on the field because that, that was that one throw to Mooney that I wish he could have gotten back. That would have been six. Right. Uh, I mean, Mooney made a hell of a cut to get open, and I'm not sure what happened on that throw, but, man, Mooney would still be running right now. This is the second week in a row. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Well, I'm going to give my uh, offensive game ball to 
Cairo Santos. Okay, okay, let's go. <laughs> Last week, Big Dave joked that Santos was the offensive player of the game, right? Right, right. <laughs> this week, this is for real. Also, I want to give him props because he mentioned that he had been coming to Soldier Field this week, kicking and practicing and getting familiar with kicking in these elements and said that he felt very comfortable kicking here as a result. Right. To me, unlike a certain fucking kicker that had to be forced to come to Soldier Field a few weeks ago to practice after he was missing kicks and games, right? Right. And I'm not even going to mention him by, by his name, but all I'm going to say is this. We know how that went. Fucking double doink and the fucking Today Show and all that bullshit. But Cairo Santos, 38-yard game-winning field goal. He got the job done. We may have a kicking controversy on our hands. And like you said, Eddie who? Don't know him. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> Man, Eddie Money. Who, where does he go? Where did, where, did, where did he go? So far, he's a, right now he's a has-been right now. We're not going to focus on him anymore. <laughs> Eddie, you better get well, man, because Cairo's coming for your job, bro. I'm telling you, when when you when you hit a game winning kick in, in this town, where we've been so starved for for kickers and quarterbacks and stuff like that, we get a little bit of something to hold on to. I'm telling you, these fans, man, they gonna hold on to this. This is a big time kick. Thank right. you, Cairo. Absolutely. And one thing I want to say about him though, as well, was that 40, 47 yard field goal that we saw him make as well, because um. You know, I was concerned about him kicking past what thirty-five yards at first. Remember, he started right. hit some, but he started hit some, hit some, kick, hit, hit some kicks and, and looked pretty good. And making that forty-seven-yard field goal, I said, after the eight-yard game winner, this should be easy. I hope. I know, understand it's a tough situation to kick in, but you made a forty-seven-yarder. I think you can make this thirty-eight, and he did. Who do you give your defensive game ball to? Khalil Mack. Whew. Worth every damn penny. Yes, he is. I mean, the second half, man, those two sacks on Brady, it's always good to put a hit on Brady. <laughs> and guess what? Good. Should have been a third. Exactly. But that penalty, I get it. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. When he, when he got that first sack, he was thirsty because he put a little extra on it. <laughs> he, yeah, he put a little extra something on that one, didn't he? <laughs> yes, he did. Put a little extra sauce on there, man. So I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> They're going to call you a penalty on that. But I'll take it, though. But he did let Brady know that, look, I'm not playing around with you. In the second half, those two sacks really was helpful. Uh, he also put up three quarterback hits on Brady, too. So uh, I'll, I'll take it, man. I thought he helped change that game around, man. And um, it neutralized Brady pretty much. It sure did. And, and you know what, uh, A-Dub, it was really funny on the one uh, sack where Brady looks up at Khalil Mack and just shakes his head. I'm just like, yeah, it's going to be that kind of day for you, bro. <laughs> right, right, right. Because the thing is, I understand we had some guys in our offensive line who were struggling, right? And they were getting on them. But guess what? Number 76, I believe it's number 76 for um, the Buccaneers on the yeah. offensive line. you talk talking Boy, about worse. Yeah, yeah he was- had to- yeah, we, uh, we, we talked about him last week in, in the matchup and said that that was going to be a key for us in the game. And, and Khalil Mack, he made us look good on that one. Yes, he did. He came for him. <laughs> yes, he did. He destroyed that kid. And, and, and on the one sack, Khalil Mack sacks Brady and then basically hip throws this dude up off of him. Yes, he did. Yeah, the rookie. Yep. Threw yep. him off of him. And um, I said, man, look. You still a young boy playing around with a grown man, Mac. <laughs> you better stop playing. Stay in school, worse. Stay in school. Hey, right. <laughs> Dub, don't not to steal your thunder, but I gave the game ball on my end to Khalil Mack as well, right? I'm not going to re- repeat anything that you said. The one area that I'm going to just touch on is that, in addition to the stats that you mentioned, 
He also had two uh, tackles for a loss. And he also had a pass that he batted down, which I thought was really key. Yes. Because they always teach defensive linemen. Even if you can't get to the quarterback, throw your hands up, right? And in that moment, Khalil Mack made that happen. Basically, we got that deflected pass, and basically we had another down that passed. So that was really, really awesome. I hated that personal foul call. I thought that shit was a terrible call. I just wish that this NFL were consistent when it came to hits on the quarterback because we're all over the place when it comes to that. But Khalil Mack, he's a bad man. <laughs> uh-oh, 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 yes, sir. <laughs> and, and worse, it's going to be rough for you, man, when they get that tape, when they go look at that tape, because they're going to see what he did. Because the Bucks, the mistake that they made, audience, I want you guys to think about this. Generally with Khalil Mack, when he's pass rushing, not only is he being blocked by a tackle, but they normally will have a tight end on that side chipping him. They even may have a back that may come out of the backfield to chip him as well. What the Bucs were doing is they were basically playing him honest, and he was killing them. And his pass rush, to me, were effective because what he was doing was lining up wide, but then he was cutting inside, and that's when he was basically getting that pressure on Brady. Right. And I think that that was very important and very key in this ballgame. And what it also did as well is when they did um, have the back uh, running back like Jones try to help out, what that did, that neutralized Jones. Because guess what? Now he can't bounce out to the outside to catch passes. So I'm right. glad he got his – because he has to stay home now. So uh, right. with that, 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 that changed their game up and uh, forced them to pass to other guys who just couldn't do much at all. Exactly. And also, too, Khalil Mack got a holding call, which I was surprised that they even called. I, I forgot that they even know how to throw penalties when it comes to him. Right. <laughs> and so all he, the hold he's got. Yeah, man. So they finally got one of those on him. So Khalil Mack, man, he just reminded people on primetime TV – why he, to me, is the elite pass rusher in this league. Absolutely. And, again, it's another week where, you know, there's players out there holding him, and you don't see many penalties really uh, being dropped on that. We, I mean, we saw a lot of penalties today because they're very obvious ones. But, um, you know, there were time frames, of course, that Khalil Mack always get held, and um, we don't see those penalties being dropped. No, we do not. Um, also, I got a kick out of uh, seeing Tom Brady uh, upset with his uh, offensive line with all those penalties and and whatnot and how he was yelling at them when he was uh, on the sideline over there. Yes. (laughs) That was nice to see. It was. It was. Because I'm telling you, that was some sloppy football, man, there for a second. There were so many penalties. Yeah, and on on that one-one drive, there were so many penalties. And uh, the thing is, we kept getting to that backfield that all they could do was hold us. That's it, really. And um, the, the refs say, look, this is too much holding. I got I got to throw the flag. <laughs> and uh, we'll take it out. <laughs> yep. One thing that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do, because last week, A-Dub, I feel like, you know, you made a point about Allen Robinson that I didn't agree with in that particular situation. And I feel like in today's game, Allen Robinson had another ball taken from him, right? Yes. Yep. So now this is the third time this season that we've seen this happen. Correct. So now to your point that you made last week, this is a situation here with A-Rob where we need him to be a number one receiver. That's a pass that he has to catch. What do you think about that one today? I think he actually uh, made Foles look bad on that play there because uh, if he catches it, you know, it's it's cool, right? If he catches it, we keep the drive going. Maybe we can get some points out of this. But with him dropping it and causing a turnover, that's tough, man. That's very tough. And people are looking at, hey, you didn't fight for it enough. You didn't get physical with it. You were going down before you needed to. 
Maybe you're looking for a penalty on that play, but guess what? The referees don't always give you nothing easy. So in that particular situation, you got to play tougher, man. And um, that's on him. He knows it. Absolutely. Well, we talked about Cal Fuller a little earlier, how he made that key moment of the game. Cal Fuller was very strong in coverage again today. He neutralized Mike Evans. Mike Evans only had five catches of 41 yards. He did have a touchdown in the red zone on Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson had a bit of a rough first half there. He had a couple pass interference calls against him. Yes. Mike Evans scored against him. But I will yep. tell you this, a Dub. Jalen Johnson rebounded very well in that second half. And he, to me, does not play like a rookie. What did you think about his performance today? I was impressed. You know, I know, I, I, I know I've, I've always, you know, um, it may appear that I'm always nitpicking these guys. But one thing I will say, you know, um, we got one of the best defensive teams um, in the league for sure. And um, the how Jalen Johnson played in that second half, I'm, I was impressed. Because you know what? He forgot about the plays that happened earlier. I had the penalty earlier, right? Forgot about that. He moved on from it. Uh, Evans got, got a touchdown. He moved on from that as well. And he came back and got some good deflections, played some strong defense. I can live with that. Absolutely. And he was really outstanding in coverage. And I'm telling you, A-Dub, this kid, he's a future All-Pro. It, it, it's written all over him. I honestly think it's time to get this kid a flashy nickname. You know, I know you want to give up uh, your boy Darnell Mooney the money moniker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> money moon, money moon, money moon. I, next episode, I need you to come up with a nickname for Jalen Johnson. Oh, I got to come up with one for him for sure. Because you know what? You're right. He is going to be a future star, man. And the one thing I will say about that, you know, Brady did try to pick on him. But you he know did. what, Brady? It didn't work. It you did got away. You got away a little bit early on. Okay, I'll give you that. But guess what? Second half, you got nothing. You got nothing, Brady. You need more people, Tom. <laughs> you ain't in New England no more, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, hey, Doug, man. So, man, I'm just – I'm still so pumped and I'm still so happy that we pulled this off because in years past, this would have been a game that we would have lost. We would have let this game slip away. And this team this season is showing fight and they're figuring out how to win, right? Nagy's keeping this team together. They're getting the right. job done, right? Right. But let's look ahead to our next matchup. What is an area that you think that we need to improve upon entering that week six, week six matchup? Um, I think we're going to have to make some improvements for sure. On our offensive line, I mean, uh, we've got to still block, do a better job in the blocking um, for the run. Because, again, we got to get our run going. we got to establish a run game eventually. And um, I think this is the week we want to try to do that in. And I think we get our run game going, get Montgomery more involved, um, and a little bit few more schemes. I would say in some scheme plays, I think that'll help us. But I think we got to get that run game going. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I think an area where I would like for us to do as a team, I would love to see us get out to starts. I mean, I would like to see us – score an open and drive i would love to see the offense start to fire off a little bit earlier in games i feel still feel like we're still sleepwalking through a lot of these games the offense is stagnant we're supposed to basically see this offense in Nagy's image now that he has his quarterback the guy that can run his system right and i'm still seeing signs that we're still not there yet offensively so for me i think in addition to what you said there I just would like to see this offense evolve a little bit more and get out there and make, you know, some, some better plays. Just because right now, I'm just not seeing it, A-Dub. Yeah, we got to make some better plays. And I think also, coming out of halftime, we got to be better, man. Coming to these third quarters, we just can't get it right. And um, maybe we're doing too many passing plays, right? And we need to do some running plays. Whatever it may be, we got to come out here and execute. This game is chess, not checkers. 
Now, I think we need to have some check mix in the third quarter. Yep, that's exactly it. But I would just say this, man. We got the win. The, the Foles versus Brady uh, rematch from Super Bowl 52. Foles came out and got the job done. I thought your, your boy Tom Brady was weak as hell for not fucking uh, shaking Foles' hand and running off the field. That's, <laughs> I was kind of bitch made, Tom. You bitch. You're a bitch. You, you got to be better than that, Tom. You're a winner, bro. You've won five Super Bowls. Hey, you can't win them all any given Sunday, man. You got to, you know, be a little classy, Tom. But here's the other thing with Tom Brady. He didn't know it was fourth down. <laughs> Dude, I'm sitting over here like, what is going on with you, bro? You, so you think it's a fifth down now all of a sudden, Tom? <laughs> I mean, this is a guy that won Super Bowls. How you not know it's fourth down? You won many Super Bowls already, uh, the, you know, uh, put you over there in New England. How you forget what down it is? I mean, this is like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked here. I'm fully shocked to see him screw up like that because I know he got mad at his offensive line, right, for screwing up. Maybe yep. the offensive line should get mad at you for not knowing it was fourth down. Yeah, because I saw him. He was holding <laughs> up his four fingers. I was like, what are he doing? <laughs> I'm like, this shit over, bro. Game blouses. What's up? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. But I, I just thought it was weak, man. He, he ran off the field. And I was like, man, Tom, come on, bro. Stop it. Just, just, just shake that man's hand and keep it moving. You know, Absolutely. He, get, he got you today, right? You know, it happens. But Yes, it no, does. This was, this was a good win for us. Best win of the season for me. And I'm not one of these fans. I'm not going to nitpick it too much. I just, I'm going to basically tell you guys, listeners, that there's some areas of the team that we got to get better on. But I thought this was a solid win, and I was really pumped afterwards. Me too. I mean, we held a team that scores 30 points a game. We held them to, what, 19. So I will take that any day. Yeah, man, the defense has been getting the job done all season, man. And so I'm glad we have those guys on our side. This is a top five unit. We got to make sure that we tighten up this offense because we cannot allow this defense to go to waste. We just can't. So, A-Dub, I'm going to turn it over to you, man, with some of our fan reactions from Twitter, man. This segment is becoming very popular with our listeners, so I wanted to run some more by you to see what you thought. Yes, sir. Go for it. All right. So we had Mike Schaefer, one of our Twitter uh, followers. He basically, in the, uh, in the first half of the game, said, I miss when you can sack the quarterback and it wouldn't be a personal foul. Yeah. What you, you think about that one? Yeah, I miss those days, too, because I think that the league have gotten pretty much soft over the years. Yep. Um, and they want to protect the quarterback, I understand. But some plays are not that big of a play to say, hey, it's a penalty, you know. But, again, I'm not officiating. This is what the league wants. Pretty much can't touch a quarterback these days. And um, it's unfortunate for us as fans who really love all the hitting. Yeah, I mean, especially with a guy like Tom Brady, you can't breathe on that guy without it being a personal foul. So Right, uh, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't get it, man, at all. The second fan reaction came from our uh, buddy Mitchell uh, Galloway, friend of the podcast. In the first half, he, he tweeted out, Foles really stepped up in that second quarter. And we talked about that a little bit earlier. But what did you, what'd you think about Foles and, and that performance in the second quarter? Oh, that was an excellent performance. I mean, he went like seven for seven at one point. I mean, connecting on all cylinders. And um, like I said, he got hot. And I think he went pretty much 10 for 14 at one time frame. And then in that quarter, so I really like what Foles did. A um, couple of touchdowns as well. I mean, I'm sorry, one touchdown also led to a rushing touchdown as well. So I, I'll take that, man. Foles really did a good job in that second quarter. Nope, I agree. We had another uh, Twitter uh, reaction from uh, Rock at Bear Supreme. And he said this after the game when Brady ran off the field. He said, people always want to, sh- uh, to shit on Aaron Rodgers. But he said, but damn, does Brady act like a straight-up bitch sometimes? No, he's totally right. 
you know, there are certain guys who are the golden boys of the league, right? And I think, <laughs> I'm going to call it what it is, right? I mean, he won some championships, so he always gets a pass. But sometimes we got to look and say, you know what? That's not good sportsmanship that was demonstrated by Brady, you know? And we've got to call him out for what he is, you know? And um, how he acted at that time frame today wasn't a good look for the Buccaneers. I hope he knows it. I understand you want to probably light some fire on this team, but guess what? It didn't look good on television. No, it was a terrible look. Terrible look, man. We had another uh, reaction from Sarah at Sarah Carter 22. She was the winner of our contest for the Devin Hester autograph football. Congrats. Uh, yep. Uh, Sarah says, uh, I'll give credit where it's due. That was a good play call and a great use of Cordell Patterson. I love this damn team. And that was in reference to the Cordell Patterson pass that we talked about earlier when he leaked out of the backfield. Yes. Um, that seems to be a play that was working for us today. As a matter of fact, we've done that play a couple of times. We did one with Montgomery as well. So uh, with our backfield, with our running backs, you know, leaking out <laughs> to the outside. So that worked. And I would say, you know what? Good call by Nagy. Um, good read by Foles. And guess what? That was a big play that kept our drive alive, and we'll take it. We definitely will. Hell of a play call. The last <laughs> reaction, and this one was really funny, it, it, it's from uh, a Twitter handle, uh, ACEZWild21. And it was when uh, Khalil Mack made that sack and he slammed uh, uh, your boy Worse. He said, this ain't no damn pool. Sit your five-dollar ass down before I make some change. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know what? That was a big play, man. And I'm on television watching it like, wow. I said, not only did Mac get the sack, but Mac also flexing. <laughs> flexing. <laughs> and, um, man, big play. Uh, good to see on TV. If you're a Bears fan like us, hey, that was awesome to see. And uh, it's a man's game here. Got to be ready for anything. And guess what? We'll take that play for Mac to show what he's about. Worse again, on national TV, you got embarrassed in front of your mama, your, 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 your daddy, your family, everybody. They saw you just get, get flipped like a little child. So, you know, hopefully you do some push-ups and, and hit the weight room a little extra this week because that wasn't no good look, man. And also stay on social media because everyone be talking about that play. <laughs> oh, man. Could you imagine if that was your boy? You would be at his neck. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> First time he tried to say any kind of thing, you like, don't make me call Khalil. For real. <laughs> don't make me call your daddy. <laughs> exactly. And I'll blow his social media with that play, too. Hey, look. Look, look on your social media. Um, look on your Facebook. Look on your Twitter. You don't see that play. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but dude this was a heck of a win 4-1 on the, on the season but let's uh let's fast forward a little bit we got a week six matchup against the carolina panthers that is coming up in about a week and a half here yes let's talk to our audience a little bit about this matchup man so we know that the panthers uh they got a new coach uh so ron right. rivera moved on he went to washington uh matt rule is the new coach of carolina he came over from baylor Carolina's in a bit of a transition as a team, right? So they, they move away from their franchise quarterback, Cam Newton. They replace him with Teddy Bridgewater. And Carolina has, like, to me, probably arguably the top running back in the whole National Football League in, in Christian McCaffrey. And right now, Christian McCaffrey's out. He's uh, nursing a high ankle sprain. So at this point in time, we don't know if he's going to be available for the game week six. But, Adrian, right. what, what do you think about this Carolina Panthers team? I think they're an interesting team because, you know what? They do a couple of things well. I mean, they like Teddy Bridgewater. Like you said, uh, he's been a guy um, this season. Um, he's getting, what, 286 yards in the game. He has four TDs, three interceptions. And they like to throw to a couple of guys over there. You know, uh, who's that? Robbie Anderson. Uh, yeah, he's their, he's their deep threat. Yep. 
Yep. They also got um, DJ Moore over there as well, yep. uh, who's also a guy who's got a lot of targets too. So they got a couple of receivers right there. But you know what? With that team, I think we still got to slow down the, the offense. The offense is something that makes a big deal when they have their running back there, uh, McCaffrey. So, uh, again, I don't know if McCaffrey's going to play or not, but I think he's a big part of what they do offensively in their running game and also in their passing game. So uh, they got a yep. couple weapons that we want to try to stuff and keep off the ground, um, keep off the field. Yeah, a couple points that I wanted to make just for our audience to realize. So last season, Christian McCaffrey became the third back in the NFL to have over 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving. So he is a true dual threat weapon in that offense. And to be honest with you, I would not be upset in the least if he sat out week six. Just just saying. Another thing, though, just thinking about A-Dub, his backup, Mike Davis, was on the Bears last season. And for some reason, Matt Nagy refused to use him because Matt Nagy apparently hates to run the ball. And Mike Davis is actually putting up some numbers uh, for the Panthers. Yeah, they, they actually were all doing a pretty good job together. I mean, McCaffrey and him, they're doing pretty good. Um, I mean, they're rushing at what? They're getting at least, what, 116 yards in rushing? So yep. they pretty much ranked, what, 12th in rushing for the league. They also, like I said, they're they, they doing a pretty good job with that. So uh, we got to slow those guys down. I mean, if you want to continue to um, go forward, go, uh, go five and one to get, you know, against them. So um, we're going to do a good job or we're stopping the run. Yeah, and I mean, you brought up DJ Moore. And last season, DJ Moore – he went over 1,000 yards for the season. So they have a really good duo of wide receivers. And one receiver that we haven't talked about yet is uh, Curtis Samuel. This kid right here, he's got a lot of talent. But for some reason, it hasn't all come together yet in the league. But he's a dangerous guy and somebody that I think that we need to basically keep our eyes on in this matchup. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah, they like to pass the ball. So they like to run in and pass the ball. They keep an even kill, I will say. They got good balance. So I think uh, we got to be prepared for whatever with this team. Yep. But I will say this. If uh, if Christian McCaffrey misses this game, and anytime you lose a player of his caliber, your team is going to be immediately worse. And I'm just really just saying uh, I really hope <laughs> that we don't have to face him because he he's going to be a matchup problem for us, especially with the problems that we've had with linebacker. I do not want to see him on that field because he is going to gash us. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, they do a lot with their run plays, man. I mean, they're, what, eighth in rush TDs? They have six. So we got to be able to be careful about that with their run game. And matter of fact, they have more rushing TDs than they have passing TDs. They have four. <laughs> so um, as you can see, when they get to the red zone, they like to do a lot of those run schemes that we got to be prepared for. Absolutely. Um, when you look at this Carolina Panthers team, there's some areas of concern that they have, right? So right. when you look at free agency, they lost a lot of players. Uh, so we talked briefly about the fact that Cam Newton's no longer with them as he moved on to New England, but they lost a lot of players on their defense and their secondary and also their defensive line. So you have a team right here in Carolina that's right and really there for us to really be able to exploit a lot of these matchups. So while we talk about that wide receiver group having a ton of talent, right, and that running back room being very talented with McCaffrey and Davis, you have linebackers being another area that's kind of solid for these guys. Even though they lost Luke Keekley to uh, retirement, they picked up Tahir Whitehead um, in free agency. And right. a lot of people may not realize this, but Tahir Whitehead a couple years ago for the Lions was one of the top five uh, tacklers in the league. And he's a very talented player. And that was also a very great signing for them in free agency. Right. So they have, they have that kid. They also have Brian Burns, who's a former first-round draft pick. He hasn't found his way yet, A-Dub, but I'll tell you one thing. That kid's got a lot of talent. And I will say this. He's going to be a key to their pass rush because in limited number of games, 
he's produced. Yes, he has. Another thing as far as that linebacker position is Shaq Thompson. He's another guy that we really have to make sure that we're prepared for. Because I'm telling you, that position group, I think they have a lot of talent and a lot of potential. So we'll definitely see what happens when it, when it comes to that. You, you also brought up Teddy Bridgewater earlier, and I wanted to quickly like just focus on him for a second. So Go forward. Teddy Bridgewater, um, we've seen in his career, he was a, a former number one draft pick from the Minnesota Vikings, right? Correct, So yeah. this is now his second chance to be the guy. He had success in New, England, in New Orleans uh, when Drew Brees was out. Teddy went, un- he went undefeated, right? So Teddy knows how to win. When Teddy plays, he gets the job done. And so I will say this, that injury that he had with Minnesota was gruesome. He was able to work his way back from that. He was a productive backup for two years with New Orleans. And now this is his chance. And I will tell you this, a lot of people will kind of count Teddy out because he doesn't have like those eye-popping numbers. I mean, A-Dub gave you guys his numbers. They're not the best numbers in the world, but what Teddy brings to the table is solid decision-making and he gets the ball and he gets the ball where it needs to get to. That is correct. You know, and um, matter of fact, their offense is third in completion percentage at 73%. He's doing a good job at passing the round, you know? So, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised by that. And uh, the one thing I also want to throw out there as well is that um, that was part of the reason why they moved on from Cam Newton. They got Teddy Bridgewater. It was like, yeah, we, we really don't need Cam anymore. We're going to go with this guy right here. Well, I think also there was a couple of reasons. I think it was uh, salary. Uh, they, yeah. his, his play was declining and he was injured a lot, right? That's true. Yep, that's true. So I think they were ready to move on from that. But I will tell you this, man, this Carolina team, they're two and two. So they're, you know, we, 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 we don't know what we're going to face with this team because the thing about it is they have some holes, but they also have an offense that I think is pretty exciting. Right, right. They do have an offense pretty exciting, but one thing they do, they still got holes in their defense, though. Yes. Um, they're still giving up what? They're ranked, what, 22nd in rush yards? They're giving up, what, 125 a game? 5.1 average per rush? So that means that Montgomery may have some chances here. <laughs> so um, oh, I'm looking man. forward to seeing yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how that works, you know. And they also giving up, like, what, 71% passing completions, too. So they're pretty much bad in that area. So uh, we can throw on them. We can run on those guys. It depends on how we're going to mix it up. But I think they got some holes in that defense. Yeah, because uh, when I was looking at some uh, film on them from a couple of their games this season, what I was noticing is their defense is very young. But when you correct. look at the roster, the depth is very limited, right? That's correct. So when having a new head coach – there's going to be growing pains. They lost a lot of their defense to free agency. So I think for our Bears, areas for us to attack, and this is along the lines of where you were going, we got to get Demo the ball because I think this is a front that we could definitely exploit. Exactly. Like I said, that defensive line for them, they spent a lot of time trying to rebuild it because it got depleted. <laughs> they only returned K1 short to this defensive line. He's like one of the few veterans that's on that defensive front. And he missed last season with an injury, so he's back. But I would just say this. When I look at this, this defensive line and, and that linebacker core, where the linebacker core may be solid, but I think that we can basically get some push off this defensive line if, if, if we commit to that running game. Yes, sir. I think so. I think this will be a game where we can see our team rushing over 100 yards against the Panthers. Also, too, uh, A-Dub, their offensive line, while it's improved, Last season, they gave up 58 sacks, and that was tops in the NFL. Right. 
Um, now, they did sign uh, Russell Okung from uh, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, the offensive tackle. He should be able to help uh, on the edge, and that's going to be a great matchup uh, in week six with him going up against Khalil Mack or, in some cases, uh, Robert Quinn. What are your thoughts there? That should be a good matchup, man, exciting matchup um, for them. I do want to see uh, once Mack start cooking, what they're going to do then. So I think sometimes we, we love those matchups, right, those big-time matchups. But at times I've seen Mac get, get through. And um, I want to see if they're going to start double-teaming Mac. you know. And I think what that does is it started opening up more things for us when that occurred. So that will be an interesting matchup. I want to see that happen. Exactly. And I'll say this, too. Um, <laughs> looking at this defensive line front again, they're um, defensive ends. They're a little shaky, right? So right. I will say this. This could be a rebound game for your boy Chuck Leno and I may not have to go in on him for a third consecutive episode. I really hope I don't have to. But I hope not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I hope he I hope he can neutralize uh these defensive ends because they're pretty young. Absolutely. This would be a good time for him also to work on some things that um that he needs to show up, you know, for sure to get his confidence back. Because I think, you know, a lot of times when you go against a great defense, which it went against two weeks in a row, the Colts had a great run defense. Um, as you can see. The Buccaneers, they're second in run defense as well. So I wanted to get two of the strongest teams two weeks in a row when it came down to run defense. So hopefully he learned a few things from these two games, and then he can, you know, trip a couple things against uh, the Panthers when we play against them. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. The secondary for them is pretty suspect. Correct. <laughs> they lost Bradbury to the Giants. He was one of the guys that stole uh, intercept, uh, stole a ball from uh, A-Rob earlier in the season. Yes. Uh, they also lost Eric Reed to safety, right? right? So we're looking at this secondary, and I'm thinking, man, this could be a game where we could see Mooney and Miller just get off. What you yeah. think about this matchup? Oh, I, I like this matchup because now I know you're never picking on certain guys. Now it's a good time for Nagy to get some more guys involved. And hopefully they get some – I know they get some separation for sure, but we should see some big gains from some others other than just um, A-Rob, you know, getting a lot of catches. We should see Mooney involved more. Next game, we should see Miller involved more next game. And matter of fact, we may see Cole Commit get involved more next game. So that's Who? what I'm looking forward to. Uh, Commit? Who? <laughs> <laughs> right. He's been not existing this season, man. man. Um, but what did, what, did, what, what did he do? He came in today and got a penalty, didn't he? Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping, man, next, next game, man, these guys can get involved and get some confidence back, you know, because um, you can lose that going against the two best defensive teams, you know, uh, in the game, you know, and uh, that can happen to you. So hopefully next week, I mean, at the week we play against the Panthers, we can strip a couple things and uh, get these guys involved more. I'm going to tell you one thing. Uh, Cole Commit needs to hit that play like a champion sign before he gets out on the fucking field because I don't know what the hell's going on with him. Right, right. <laughs> Man, bro. Shit. And you know what? I'll say this here. Imagine what we'll be if we didn't have Jimmy Graham. Well, I will say this. Uh, I'm still not going to co-sign that one yet, but I think you might be onto something with Jimmy Graham, brother. All right. Okay. We'll, we'll wait. We still got time. We still got yeah. time. But I'm telling you, I'm coming around. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll say this much. <laughs> so far, so good in these last few weeks. That one-handed catch was fucking awesome. Yes, it was. Um, the thing is, it just kind of made me think, think about this here. I wonder why the Packers didn't use them that much in the red zone. Don't know, don't really care, but just saying. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's a fair point, right? But I'm looking at it like, so in uh, the Monday night game that the Packers played, Aaron Rodgers threw to the tight end three times in the end zone. He scored. Right. And I'm like, so how come he could have done that with uh, with Jimmy? 
Don't know, but at this point, we'll take Jimmy right now. <laughs> He's doing pretty good for us. Because <laughs> guess what? A six seven, a six seven tight end that's athletic. I'll take him. Exactly, and still catching one hand balls. How about that, bro? How <laughs> about that? What's an area a dub before we get out of here that concerns you defensively when you look at this Carolina Panthers uh, offense? What concerns me is um, again, I don't know if McCaffrey's going to play, but I do know that uh, if they if they do play, you know they're going to pick on Trevathan. So uh, on our defensive side of that concerns me. So we got to do a better job at, uh, you know, again, stopping the run, but also um, covering these guys in passing plays. So I'm quite sure they're going to try to Terry Bridge was going to try to open us up. He played in that, you know, a New Orleans style of play as well. And that's what they did in New Orleans, right? They opened it up. And I think they're going to try to do the same thing against us. We're now putting some of our guys in coverage. Well, the last time we saw Teddy Bridgewater play, it was when he came to Soldier Field as a member of the Saints and he right. picked us apart, right? Right. And that's his game. You know, he's methodical. He'll march it down on you. He doesn't do anything fancy, but he just gets the job done. And so I'll just say this. We, we got to clean up the penalties. DBs, there was a, a play there where Jalen Johnson got beat. Um, and I feel like he was kind of step to step with the, with, the, uh, with the receiver, and he grabbed him. And I think that they need to coach that out of him because there's a lot of times where I think he panics when he doesn't have to. Right. He has to basically make sure that he keeps his technique solid and firm and just basically just know, hey, man, you got talent. You don't have to panic. Stay true to your technique and just throw your hand up. But, like, stop grabbing, stop reaching, because that's when they're going to give you the penalty. It's the same thing that happened to him in the red zone on uh, Mike Evans. Right, right. He picked the penalty on that play, right. But I think the thing is with him, he didn't have any preseason right this year, as you right. know, through the COVID. So he's pretty much learning on the job. But overall, I think I like his game. I don't see him making like crazy mistakes. He'll make one or whatever, and then but he, he'll but he learns from it. Yeah, he learns exactly, from it. exactly. Yep. So I can I can live with that with him, you know, because we do know he's learning on the job. Yep. But I just that's just things that I would like to see them clean up uh, heading right. into into week six. But I would just say, in addition to that, the offensive line we need to see much improvement in that running game. I agree. Obviously, hopefully, with this matchup against the Panthers, we'll see a little bit more improvement there. Also. Hopefully Nick Foles can get some better chemistry with his wideouts and make sure that we can basically get some of these drives to be sustainable and get more touchdowns and let's stop settling for field goals. I agree. I agree. And I think um, we think about the games we played against and going against um, the Panthers. This could be that game where we, we make, that we all make the connections, right? Where, where we show some chemistry, we show some improvement, and we see our guys clicking on all centers where we get the run game established and also the passing game working as well. That's absolutely correct. Well, A-Dub, before we get out of here, man, I wanted to do a quick uh, contest update for what we're doing for October. So for our listeners of this podcast, we are, are doing all month long a Bears trivia question. Each day we're going to put up a new question. So the prize that you guys are actually going to be competing for is a signed Allen Robinson football. Uh, so that's the announcement that we're making, and we'll basically make that formally on our Twitter account tomorrow. Also, we want to congratulate currently our top three place people in the contest. In first place, we have Mitch Galloway. In second place, we have at Kinetic Kale. And then for tie for third place, we have Murdy World and Cousin Heidi. So keep up the good work, everybody. You guys are going to be competing for that signed uh, Allen Robinson football. Um, also, if you guys want a bonus point, when we release this episode tomorrow, 
Uh, drop us a comment with your favorite moment on this episode for a bonus point towards this uh, signed autograph football. A dub, four one. We got clubbed up, reopened again today. Yes, sir. <laughs> Excited times here in Chicago. First time we have been four one since 2012. We're going to enjoy this moment. And until next time, A dub, go ahead and sign us off. Thanks for listening to the Bears Essentials podcast. You can listen to this podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. For our next episode, we will recap the Week 6 matchup against the Carolina Panthers. Bear Nation, come bear down with us. Peace.